hit this button. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. Sorry about the delay, but you know, I'm a Luddite, so I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But I know that you know what you're doing because you're here. Good morning. This is OneRadioNetwork.com. It's an honor to be with you every day. Dr. Thomas Cowan, who's one of the uh, forefront of Show Me the Virus. There is no germ. It's never been isolated. It's all a scam. And we're going to talk to him at 1 o'clock in about an hour and 20, 35 minutes from right now. Our phone lines are always open, 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. It is November 8, 2021. Uh, Amanda Vollmer is going to be here on Thursday, and uh, we have a couple other people we're going to be talking to this week. Hope you had a nice weekend, and uh, we have an interesting fellow that is going to join us right now. His name is Frank McKinney. Let me show you his, uh, his picture again. And his book is called Aspire, How to Create Your Own uh, your own Reality and Alter Your DNA. We talk a lot about that this is our reality. We create it. And Frank is here. He's in a treehouse in Florida, which is where everybody should be if they'd like to have a governor like DeSantis running around. Mr. Frank McKinney, good morning. How are you? Exciting to come to you, Patrick, from my oceanfront treehouse office. If I really want to mess up the viewers and listeners, I'd spin my camera around. And you'd see I am 22 feet above the Atlantic Ocean in this office that has 12 windows up in the strangler fig tree, these sea grape trees. This is where I wrote not only Aspire, but I wrote all six of my books from this place. So this is a very magical location. Six books. And what were the books about, Frank? What were the books? Similar? So the, new, the Yeah, the newest book, which you put up on the screen, is Aspire. Uh-huh. uh-huh. How to Create Your Own Reality and Alter Your DNA. That's a mindset book. Dating back 20 years, my first book was a philosophy book called Make It Big. Then I wrote a real estate book, Frank McKinney's Maverick Approach to Real Estate Success. Then I went into Young Reader Fantasy, Dead Fred, Flying Lunchboxes in the Good Luck Circle. <laughs> I went into Spirituality called The Tap. Then I went back to real estate, uh, Burst This, Frank McKinney's Bubble Proof Real Estate Strategies. Then before this book, I wrote a Christian romance novel called oh. The Other Thief. So oh. six uh, six different genres and seven books. Uh-huh. And, and, and you are a real estate uh, business typhoon. This is where you've made your bucks, right? This is how you've done it. You know, I, yeah, all the money I, I make from my book sales goes to our Caring House Project Foundation, which builds self-sustaining villages in Haiti. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Oh. I made, made most of my money designing and building oceanfront homes on speculation on the Palm Beach coast, Palm Beach County coast. I built 44 houses, designed, built, and sold 44 houses with an average selling price of $14 million. But the difference really, Patrick, is I do this on speculation, meaning I don't have a buyer in mind. It's me, the bank, the IRS, and like the field of dreams, you build it, and you hope they'll come. <laughs> That's great. So you're talking spec on steroids where you just know that you're going to be able to sell this puppy. So you, you design it, you build it, Oceanfront, you just know that there's a bucks out there that'll buy it, and you've you've uh, they have. I mean, obviously they have, right? All listen, all it takes is one, Patrick. Wow. Uh, I started I started over thirty years ago doing little crack houses in real bad parts of town in Palm Beach County. Hmm. I did hundreds of houses in my first five years of my career. Not one of them was worth more than a hundred grand. And in 1992, I sold my last $100,000 house, and then I moved to the oceanfront, and I bought a $2.2 million project. There wasn't anything in between. I went from 100 grand to 2.2 million, wow. and we went all the way up. The most expensive house I ever built on spec was a $50 million house that had 20 bedrooms, 24 bathrooms, and an 18-car garage. Well, but you you, you got to know somebody who has some really super-duper credit to get a bank to go on the hook for that kind of box, right, Frank? So interesting, my approach to real estate is um, if you're a speculator at the level that I am, debt is a four-letter word around your house. You, you could blow up if you, you take on too much debt. Mm-hmm. And so going back to those early houses I was doing, hundreds of little houses making 25 grand a piece, I'm a lot less exciting than I look, meaning I banked <laughs> all my money. I didn't drink it away. I didn't smoke it away. I didn't buy fancy cars. I put it in the bank. And so when it came time to jump to the oceanfront, hmm. I would use about 50% of my own money 
and then I'd leverage 50%. And I was able to get good terms, you know, good LTV, good rates, because I wasn't over leveraging. I was afraid to, to over leverage because, you know, in 2008, 2009, 2010, when the market blew up all over the country, if I was over leveraged, I would have been eating out of a dumpster instead of, the, you know, the Ritz Carlton. Yeah, so LTV, loan to values. So you can go in and get the bank to do so much because they believe you can pay them back. Well, they believe I can pay them back, but if I'm only borrowing 50% mm-hmm. of the value of the home, like a lot of developers want to max out their, 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 their borrowing. They want to max out the debt. I don't like to do that. It's terrifying to me. Mm. So if, if you're a bank, you're a lender, and this guy's, and it's a, let's say it's a $10 million project, and I'm walking in the door with $5 million, you're going to want to take a risk on me. You're going to hope I, I foreclose, you foreclose on me. It's actually <laughs> a good idea to fall you got to take over that piece of property. So I that's see. been my approach to leverage on my deals. I see. Um, how to create your own reality and alter your DNA. I'm really interested in the whole DNA thing because I believe that we do change our DNA with every thought, every feeling, with every image. I've been talking about it for years. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you. How did you get to the point spiritually that you knew as a spiritual being that you are changing your DNA? I mean, did you have a teacher? Did you, through meditation, how did you come to that realization? It's kind of funny. I backed into it. So there is a science called epigenetics, which is the study of the altering of your DNA. Right. I wrote this book. I was I was three quarters of the way through this book before I even knew epigenetics existed. <laughs> because I had, ex- I, seriously, this is not a scientific book. Mm-hmm. This is me experiencing, I came to Florida with a $50 bill, a one-way plane ticket, out of Indiana, I left my fourth high school in four years. I was locked up in juvenile detention seven times before I hit the age of 18. Wow. So when I, I had no, no yeah, 1.8 GPA out of that fourth high school. So no education, no connections, no network, no money. Yet there's a line from the movie Rocket Man, which is the turning of Reginald Dwight into Elton Hercules John, where his manager grabs him by the shoulder and says, kill the person you were born to be, to become the person you want to be. Kill the person you were born to be to become the person you want to be. I was born to be a banker, believe it or not, because my grandfather and father were a banker. I left Indiana and said, I, I'm going to kill that guy. I do not want to be a banker. And so slowly through this metamorphosis, I changed myself into the real estate rock czar that I am today. That's not my word. That's USA Today and the Wall Street Journal call me that. And I, I created a reality up here basically in this treehouse that allows me to build these houses on speculation with no education, with no uh, no funding at the beginning. It allows me to run a charity in Haiti, Patrick, where we've built 29 self-sustaining villages in wow. the last 19 years. Wow. I've written seven books in six genres. I've run the toughest foot race in the world, according to National Geographic, 12 times. So I had to, I had to completely first create the reality I wanted, and then in turn, my my DNA was altered. So I'm not the person I was when I got on that plane leaving Indiana as a loser. You know, really a corn-fed country boy who was who was destined to spend the rest of his life in prison. And when I hit that ground here, I took the imaginary eraser. Let's imagine this is the eraser of life. I turned out around to the chalkboard of life, and I erased what was and started like almost like Play-Doh, manufacturing a reality that I wanted to live and a DNA that I felt served me. Hmm. So, well, so what was it in your life? How did you, how did you understand? that early on that you were not the negative thoughts, you were not the mind that were telling you you couldn't do that. There had to be, there had, you know, somehow you figured it out that you are, can create whatever you want. How'd you do it? So here, here, here's the simplest formula. And the reason I titled the book Aspire, not, huh. not Inspire or Motivate, right? It's motivation washes off and goes down the drain with the soap at night. As a species, we were not meant to stay motive, no, motivated. Hence, the multi-billion-dollar business of, of the motivational business. Uh-huh. Inspiration lasts about as long as a bad sunburn. So, if I read an inspirational book or watch an inspirational movie, it'll last a little bit, but eventually it dissipates. Yes, sir. Aspiration is an otherworldly desire to do something high and great from an enlightenment standpoint. So I could fail. People ask me, is, is aspiration just a fancy word for goal? No, I could fail with a goal or I could meet a goal and then move on. My aspirations have stayed with me my entire life. So I aspired to, let's say, run the toughest foot race in the world, for example. I've done that 12 times. So when, when you have naysayers and you have people speaking negative uh, thoughts to you, you have two choices. You know, you can absorb them into your DNA or you can create a force field around yourself. 
And that's one of the one of the reasons, honestly, that I work out of a treehouse. I've been in this treehouse for 20 years. I have a lot of people that work for me, but I don't need them to work around me. Hmm. And so I let them work from home and work from the job sites. And when I realized, Patrick, that I could, I could DNA sample. So, so my first chapter in the book asked the question, who do you aspire to emulate? In other words, who have you looked up to in your life that you could, if you saw their feet on the beach, you could put their, your footprints into their footprints and start to sample little pieces. I'm not talking about copying them. Sample little pieces of the, their DNA into your, into your being. I'm going to give you a couple of examples of mine, and they weren't even real people. So when I was younger <laughs> growing up, I aspired to be Willy Wonka. I wanted to be everything that Willy Wonka represented in, in the, both the new the, the new, new movie and the older movie. Mm -hmm. And if you look at some of the grand unveilings for my properties, you know, Willy Wonka, the, the, the frenzy he created for that chocolate is what I wanted to create for my product. You know, the exclusivity, the, 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 the mania that he created for... I mean, it's an entertaining movie, but it's the, it's the most poignant marketing book I've ever read. I aspire to be Willy Wonka. I aspire to be Robin Hood in the woods of Indiana with my little bow and arrow set. I love the concept of shooting bow and arrows, but I also like stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm a modern day Robin Hood. I sell to the rich, somebody who can pay $3,000 a square foot for one of my houses, and I take the money and I go to Haiti, and we've built 29 villages We've got 13,000 children that were eating dirt that are now living a self-sustaining existence. So oh. there's two examples <clears throat> of me picking it, not even real people that I aspired to emulate that caused me to change my DNA. Wow. I think it could be argued that, you know, back in all spiritual traditions, they talk about doing things in the name of God, right? Doing things for the whole. Somehow you got that, haven't you? And by doing that, I think it just gives you more juice and spirit keeps saying, you're doing good, Frank. I'm going to support you and you'll get introduced to the right people. Does that, does that so, resonate with you? I mean, it sure does. And I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into, you know, a religious program for you because don't I am a Christian. It. No, don't worry. But, but I'm going to tell you something. There's a passage from the gospel of Luke chapter 12, verse 48, that says to whom much is entrusted, much is required. Yes. To whom much is given, much is expected. Now, if you're an atheist or agnostic or a, a non-believer, that's a wonderful life mantra. Don't let the fact that it's it's coming out of the Bible uh, influence you. I'm a Christian, so it's a Bible passage. It happens to be a great life mantra too. So when I when I got in touch with that one simple, what my my book, The Tap, was based on that whole passage: to whom much is entrusted, much is required. I've been entrusted with a lot. Where it came from, why it landed on my shoulders. I need to be a responsible steward for those blessings, Patrick. Yeah. And that's not about filling my, my garage with more cars, my closet with more clothes, or my food with more pantry. Because the abundance <clears throat> that I have, have as, as a species, we're not meant to handle abundance in the first place. Look at what abundance does to human beings. It ruins them. So once I got to my comfortable level of living, we then went over to Haiti in, in 2002 and started building self-sustaining villages. Wow. And now we've got not, uh, 29 villages to show for it. That must be really just wonderful for you to do that and to, for the feeling, just, just not because you're cool and people love you, you know, just because it's the right thing to do, huh? Here's how enlightened I guess I've become. I don't feel any better or any worse about it. I don't feel good about doing it. I don't feel bad about doing it. You know what it is? Hmm. It's a stewardship. It's a responsibility and it's a calling. Yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't follow through with it, because I know how to do it. It was given, listen, you have, and your viewers and listeners have a, a professional highest calling, which is a gift God gave you to put food on the table and money in the bank. Hmm. What about your spiritual highest calling? I didn't know what the hell that was until I was at the bottom of the barrel, depressed, almost ready to take my own life back in the late nineties. I was very successful. I had all the success in the world. I came from that $50 bill. I had just sold the most expensive spec house in the history of Palm Beach County, but I'd lost all the heart in my soul. And I went to my mentor and I said, his name was Rich, Rich DeVos, the founder of Amway and the uh, huh. uh, owner of the Orlando Magic. He was my, my mentor. And I said, Rich, why do I feel like, I'm just going to say one curse word, why do I feel like shit? Uh, I, I should be on the top of the world. He says, Frank, you, you have plenty of cars in your garage and clothes in your closet. What are you doing with the excess you've created for yourself? I said, oh, Rich, I'm putting it in the bank. He says, that's why. 
you need to be out there and he turned me on to that passage in the bible hmm. and that's when we started our caring house project foundation which builds these villages and that's when that saved my life basically knowing that i had a spiritual as well as a professional highest calling yes yeah, sir which we do we're spiritual beings right frank i mean we, we simply are i mean i don't care what religion you you're into we are souls we are yeah forget religion religion is what messes people up i mean it's the dogma it's the dogma i'm a catholic i'm a practicing catholic I, i'm an usher at the 7 a.m mass every sunday for the last 22 years but it's the dogma that chases people away yeah right i, I simply with that 1.8 grade point average bring it back and i say okay if christ were here today with purple hair you know and, and maybe whatever color shoes i have on today how would he address the issues that are we're confronted with in the world today not not how the politician he wouldn't be a politician he would address them very differently and that's that's simply what i try to do be yeah. jesus with skin in not 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 with skin back in you know when he was born wearing a hood and a rope and sandals and all that stuff how would he address issues today that's that's how i try to answer the question yeah. frank uh, mckinney is here uh it's frank mckinney.com and his book is called aspire and uh, i'm sure aspire is available everywhere right uh, yeah, it, you're you're like one of the first here. I, really, it just came out two weeks. Oh, is that uh, right? Two okay. weeks ago. Oh, yeah, cool. it just just came out. We actually, really, I suppose, it wasn't supposed to come out till eleven eleven because of the, it's a great day, you know, eleven eleven the numbers. But the, Amazon had so many pre orders, they they said you better cut it loose. So we cut it loose about two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, can you take a? We'll take a little break here. Let me promote a couple products. It's how I make my living here. Uh, sure. And then and then we'll and then we'll come back and talk some more with Frank McKinney, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Um, you know, I don't know how to lower your lower your audio, Frank. I, we're we're kind of doing a new system, so if you can kind of keep quiet there for a minute while I do this. <laughs> I used to have a way how to turn it off, but I'll have to talk to my geek about that. Folks, uh, we, we're into some really interesting products here. This is how we make our living. This is a good one here. It's called pine pollen. It's a food. It's not a supplement uh, like made in a lab, but it's made from pine trees. Pine trees are a really interesting species. Uh, turpentine, which we talk a lot about, pure gum spirits of turpentine that you could use for little creepy crawlies uh, with uh, Dr. Jennifer Daniels' work, pure, gine, uh, pure pine gum spirits of turpentine. But the pine tree is also is where DMSO right comes from, sulfur, that we promote. So it's a pretty uh, trippy, uh, very interesting species that God put here for us, the pine tree. So pure pollen, uh, pure potency pine pollen is from Daniel Vitalis and Sir Thrival. And uh, the Sir Thrival uh, uh, link is on our website. And uh, you can click on there and uh, check out Sir Thrival with colostrum. Also elk velvet antler, uh, which I have here as well. And then he has shaga and rishi, and then also the digestive bitters. So it's just a great, great uh, website. Cool people. It's everything is in Myron glass. I've known Daniel for eleven years. One of our trademarks is know the source, know the source. So we know all the people uh, behind the products that we promote. We just don't go find some product and then starting promoting it because, for me, I'm just really, uh, uh, you know thrilled about turning you on to good stuff that you could actually take and help your body feel a bit better uh, and uh, as you're growing spiritually like we all are. So that's the way we do it here. Yeah, it's on One Radio Network and Easter Thrival link, OneRadioNetwork.com. This is a technology that we've uh, been involved in for about uh, um, two years. Hydrogen is one of the most prolific uh, uh, molecules anywhere in physical reality and uh, here's a little bit on that previously with the highly credentialed dr thomas levy he argues because the literature shows that oxidation is the cause of disease but the whole point is the location the concentration the duration the distribution of oxidized biomolecules determines 100 percent of all diseases and so that's why I say oxidative stress doesn't cause disease. Oxidation is disease. Is disease. If there's no oxidized biomolecules, you don't have a toxin. The toxic effect is 
oxidation of biomolecules. That's the entirety of it. And by the grace of God, several months ago, George Wiseman said this about hydrogen. Hydrogen is the world's best antioxidant by a long shot. Hmm. First of all, it's 700 times uh, smaller than something like uh, CoQ10, 400 times smaller than vitamin C, things like that. So it can literally go, the hydrogen molecule can literally go through everything in your body and go right into the very DNA and repair it. So now it makes sense why George was able to say this back in August 2019 with such conviction. The body accepts that gas and uses it to heal everything. It's like the fountain of youth. It's a, astonishing the amount of ailments. In fact, in scientific studies, and they have over a thousand scientific studies now, they are showing that it either helps the body heal directly or indirectly from virtually every ailment that ails any water-based life form. Okay, I'm sold. And I was able to get one a couple of months ago, thanks to your support. It's called the AquaCure Hydrogen Machine. Breathe the gas and bubble the water. There's a promo code one radio for 10% discount. I think a great investment for you, knowing what we know now. On OneRadioNetwork.com. Know the source on One Radio Network. Talking with a fun fellow. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it, uh, Frank McKinney. His new latest book, Aspire, How to Create Your Own Reality and Alter Your DNA. So I, I, I guess we can talk, I'd like to talk a little bit about just this whole idea that whatever our reality is, our state of consciousness, it looks to me, my experience, that is our DNA. And as we change our state of consciousness, Frank, then our DNA changes. Does that resonate you know, with you? That's a beautiful, simple way to put it. You're exactly right, Patrick. The, the, the challenge is, and I don't like to use the word problem, but the challenge right now is how many outside forces are we allowing in mm. to allow them to, to create our reality for us? When, when you and I were kids, there was no such thing. We, this is such a novel thing, creating your own reality. When you and I were, we're about the same age. When we were kids out there playing, you know, I'm in the woods, backwoods of Indiana. I want to be, I want to be Robin Hood. I want to be Evil Knievel. I want to be, <laughs> and I could become those things. Mm. Now there's too much Googling and spreadsheeting and overanalyzing and overthinking and allowing the news media, God forbid, to get in there and, and manifest our reality for us. The three screens, I call them three screens. What? This is screen number one. Mm -hmm. Screen number two is what I'm looking at you on. Is three, screen number three is on my wall in my bedroom, the TV. The influence that those are having on the creation of a healthy reality is devastating right now. So let's get back to the basics. Like you and I, you were, I don't know where you grew up. I'm assuming. St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. Okay. So you're a Midwesterner. Like you, you remember the days. Let's get back to the, the, the joy and the wonderment of creating our own reality instead of allowing some other entity, be it the media or other uh, force, be it your friends or influencers, creating it for you. So you, you put it per perfectly. And, and, and I now choose what I allow in, I'm, I don't create a, like a Shangri-La of a world, don't, don't get me wrong. I, 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 you do need some of the negativity to understand how positive the world can be, mm -hmm. but I'm done. I, I've, I was done a long time ago letting someone else create a reality for me. There's so many naysayers out there. If you go to my website, you see some of the houses I've designed. The, the, the engineers and the vendors say, Frank, you just you can't build a water floor. You can't build a <laughs> I, I built the only jellyfish uh, tank in the world, a spherical tank wow. in my last house. The house before that, you would walk, literally, you're walking on water, an 18-inch thick uh, uh, glass that you would walk on the 400 square feet of glass and beneath you were fish swimming. No, you can't do that. No. So so I let people get that out of the way. You know, let, let, listen to them. Of course, you can't tune them out. You got to listen to them. But that's all part of creating the force field surrounding that D, that that new reality, that, that revised DNA that you can create for yourself. So give our listeners some tips on how to read something or see a video or, or reread a story, but not, I don't know how I do it. I just know how to do it, but I, don't, I can't explain it. How do you do it so you don't allow it into your consciousness that it affects you? I mean, it's, it's so, yeah. You know okay, what I'm asking? So, so you, yes, I do. So the three examples you get, how, how, teach our listeners how to, uh, 
watch a video or or read something that doesn't allow that that to negatively influence their dna yes sir i have a ratio of two to one meaning what you didn't mention in there patrick is reading and absorbing and watching and listening is reactive where's the proactive uh, effort exercise in writing like as kids we were taught readings everything and i'm not taking away from reading but everybody listening to your program and watching your program has a book inside of them yes and so i have a ratio of the time that i'm absorbing versus the time i'm being proactive in writing of two to one so if it's journaling if it's dictating if it's writing a new book if it's writing a column if it's writing a post that's if it's if it's two hours a day or let's say it's three hours a day i spend on absorbing information or or allowing information to flow from me try the two to one ratio two times the amount you would take to let the proactive synapses fire before absorbing back through the the media or through your phone or through your books because that does create a lot more creativity in the synapses here's the other thing that i want people to focus on you were told your whole life everyone listening to this program was told their whole life they were either right brain or left brain yes. right brain being creative left brain being statistical and analytical that's a fallacy that was a programming that when i learned i came to florida wired as a left brain individual i had not a creative bone in my body because why my grandfather and father were bankers and I was supposed to be the third generation banker. I, my teachers and my parents shut off the right side of my brain. And I said, I don't want that. I want to be a creative individual. Patrick, it took me a decade to wake up the synapses on the right side of my brain hmm. to now the people that you look up to, everybody watching this, you think of somebody you look up to in, in the world. I guarantee you they can toggle back and forth between right brain and left brain in nanoseconds. And that's a skill that I have mastered. So if I'm thinking about doing a $25 million house on the ocean, I have to think about, all right, left brain, does it make sense? Is a market there for it? Are the buyer's gonna be there for it? And then quickly go to the right side of the brain and what can I design that's gonna be beautiful for them? And then uh, I think then you also have, you must have the ability to say, okay, I think I'm just gonna talk to God or write something for the next hour just for fun. Once I've done the right brain, left brain exercise, I then go to paper. You're absolutely right. I go to paper and I lit that just like during the pandemic. You know what I did? I went back and pulled old journals and I read old journals to see how my mindset was really? five years ago, yeah, four years ago, three years ago. I had plenty of time to sit around. I'm like, Frank, are you growing? There's only one way to tell if you're growing. Pull out your old journals. If, and if you're not journal, journaling, start journaling today. And at the end of the year, go back and see if you made some progress. Yeah. I do that with my dreams. You know, I write down my dreams all the time. I'll go back five years, and it's really interesting to say, whoa, that's, that was cool. <laughs> we did that. That's such a proactive. What you're talking about there is so proactive. Hmm. We've been conditioned to receive our stimuli more reactively anymore, Patrick. And, and I'm advocating for a proactive approach to getting what's in here out there. Uh, getting on paper, writing your dreams down, journaling, writing your book, writing your, your paragraphs, writing your posts. Mm -hmm. It's so much more proactive. And, and then, then it becomes a lot easier to screen what's coming in. And the minute, listen, I, I at this stage of life, and I might come across as being a little bit too harsh on this, but I am, I am using this machete to cut out all forms of toxicity and negativity. Mm. As a Christian, I'm, I'm very forgiving and I'm very understanding. But boy, oh boy, is that, that fuse has gotten a lot shorter. I don't have time for that anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's just, you know, they talk about spiritually to be patient and compassion. But sometimes, you know, after a while, you just got to hang with people that you want to be with, right? And just make, making some sense. Well, there, there's, you know what? Compassion doesn't mean soft. No. You know, you could, I could be like, like a surgeon is very compassionate when he saves your life, but he's got to go in there and do his thing. So sometimes you've got to be that surgeon <laughs> And, and and eliminate that toxicity and negativity from your life. Yeah. Uh, Frank McKinney is with us, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. The interesting thing about creating our own reality, I think it's fair to say that we do create our own reality. I mean, we all do, right? Every, every moment. We do, but is it the reality you want? Is it the reality that, you want? That's the point of my book. That's right. I want you, 
create this reality that you want not that you feel was created for you by birth or by circumstance or by marriage or what have you this is an opportunity to do that exercise i did when i moved to florida with that metaphorical eraser and turn around the chalkboard of life and erase it the thing that impedes people though patrick i'll tell you it's a single word it's another four-letter word it's the word fear uh and, and that fear listen very quickly and you tell me if you got to cut for a break no I no i'm, I'm cool don't worry about it. have fun yeah. okay so if you think about when i look back i'm not dead yet but i would do a post-mortem of my life and i think about man i didn't i didn't have the education i didn't have the connections i didn't have the network i didn't have the funding what was the differentiator the primary differentiator is a chapter in my book titled the biggest differentiator was my willingness to not let fear stop me i will admit that i'm afraid every day of my life i have fear coursing through my veins every day of my life what i also realized patrick is it's the thought of taking a risk that causes the sensation of fear it's not the actual taking of the risk once we take the risk the fear is replaced with joy and excitement and jubilation. Hmm. The simplest analogy I can give is you and I are in line to get on a roller coaster. And the closer we get to the car, the more our heart rate pounds. The minute we sit in that cab and that big metal bar comes down over our waist, we're about ready to pass out because there's no blood rushing to our head. We're so nervous. Nothing has happened yet. <laughs> we're still safe and sound in the cab. It's the thought of what's about to happen when that roller coaster crests that first hill. What happens when the roller coaster goes over the first hill? Our arms go up in the air and joy and, and excitement. And if, and for nine out of 10 of us, we get to the back, we get off the ride, we go to the back of the line, we do it all over again. That's the same thing in life, especially in business. It's perceived that I take huge risks building a $25 million house on speculation, which make, means, I'm a, am I gonna be eating out of a dumpster tonight or am I gonna be eating at the Ritz-Carlton tonight? <laughs> I haven't known that answer for 30 years, but I haven't let the fear associated with the thought of taking a risk stop me. That's the primary difference in yeah. my career. That's the biggest differentiator, differentiator in my career. And, and it's interesting that the fear, even though it is separate from us, right? What's the old line? The only thing that fear is fear itself or something like that was a Churchill. It has to be in our state of consciousness, otherwise we wouldn't feel it. I've always thought about that 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 dynamic. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's I do. even though it's separate from us, it's gotta be part of us at that moment because we feel it, otherwise we wouldn't feel it. And I, and I say it's a very healthy thing to feel fear. Huh. Because when you're thinking about let's take this in a linear sense. Yes, sir. When you're thinking about taking, when you're feeling fear, it's mostly when you're thinking about taking a risk, and those risks in life are either a big change or a big challenge, financial, relational, spiritual, dietary. What's the other one? Uh, financial, relational. Anyway, there's a whole. So, so when we think about this big change or big challenge in our life, you know you're on the right track, Patrick, if you're feeling fear. The problem is most people use that sensation because remember, we're not in the caveman times now. We're not running from the saber-toothed tiger. The fear we see is not a real fear that's going to cause us to be eaten, right? Like the, the tiger would chase us and eat us down or hunt us down and eat us. So, so I say to those who feel fear, welcome it. You are on the right track. Fear is telling you, and this is, by the way, it's not fear of, of, crossing the street because a big car is coming you know of course you're going to heed that fear i'm talking about big changes or big challenges in your life and that's going to elicit the sensation of fear do not let it stop you and don't think you're feeling if the uh, the sensation is odd it's a natural feeling welcome it just don't let it stop you hmm. frank mckinney is here aspire how to create your own reality here's a picture of his book looks great and uh, alter your, your DNA, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Um, so one of my theories is, Mr. Frank, is that aging is one of the biggest uh, scams ever perpetrated on humanity. You know, I really think that the only reason we age is because we believe we got to age, you know, if I'm 60 or whatever, 70, then I got to be like this. 
Does that uh, does that uh, spark any interest in you? <laughs> yeah, it sure does. There, there's a there's a part of the book um, about <laughs> personal branding. It talks about personal branding that it's creativity and ingenuity that is rewarded in business today. Unequivocally, re- creativity and ingenuity is rewarded in business today. And what's the root of all creativity and ingenuity? It's the little boy or little girl inside. Do not lose contact with. Do not kill off. I can look in somebody's eyes and tell you if that little boy or girl is dead or dormant or alive. Big difference between dormant and dead. Sometimes they, they're, they're not coming back. Dormant is because they've just been beaten into submission. And if I look into your, your eyes and the, and the sparkle that comes out of your eyes, I can tell if that little boy or little girl is alive. And, and that, tapping into that little boy for you and me, little boy inside of us, is what will keep us young ingenious and creative yeah unless you become like children wasn't that a great i'm not a bible guy but i think jesus said that right it's true and that's part of the reason i work out of a treehouse. people <laughs> think aren't, aren't you just a big kid up here I, if i were to take you you know disconnect my computer i my commute to work in the morning is across a suspension bridge from my master bedroom and the only traffic jam i get is these big huge lizards you know like iguanas that lay across the bridge in the morning to sun themselves so, you know, I have treated this like this, this almost like a Fabergé box for creativity, this treehouse. And that has allowed me to stay inside. I, listen, I can tell by looking at you, you're never growing up. And, and I ain't never growing up. You know, my, my, my wife has two children, my daughter and me. Then she says, you know, she, 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 she loves it. Sometimes I, she, does, she does have to treat me like a kid. But, but God forbid, you and I lose that little boy inside, Patrick, because then yeah. I don't even think life would be worth living. Yeah. I've known so many people, God love them, uh, Frank, that worked their whole life and retired and then you know, left the planet like a year later or two years later. They just had nothing to do. You know, they just... Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think I've come to the point in my life where, you know, I... I I don't know how many more oceanfront houses I'll do, if any. I'm kind of retired from doing that. I, I love riding. I, I love the sport of running, although I'm getting older and it's a little harder to, you know, I can I can train my muscles. I can train my skeleton, but I just can't train my organs. You know, it's something that's really hard to train a liver and a kidney. Um, but one, one of the reasons that we're spending more time in North Carolina is I, I do enjoy a little bit slower pace than I, I used to. I don't need to, if you go to my website to promote my new book, when I launched when I launched this book cover, the premise and the title, because I kept it a secret, I don't know if you saw the video or not, but I, I, I studied under a stunt crew and I lit myself and my motorcycle on fire, rode around a street that was closed by 12 cops and ran through the front oh, cover well, of that well, book. Let's, let's let's show people that. You want to see it? Yeah, if you go to, go to the aspiring.com. I, I got it. I got it. Check it out, folks. Hello, friends. It's Frank McKinney. And it's time. Are you ready for the big reveal of my seventh book? I know I am. This is for you. Aspire. How to create your own reality and alter your DNA. Well, I say let's fire up this reality and aspire to break through it. Oh yeah, together. Well, that was hot, (laughs) literally. Listen, I can't wait to share my new book with you. Five sections, 25 chapters of all I've aspired to and learned to help you create your own reality, alter your DNA, and when the dust settles, succeed. You think this was exciting, Well, wait until you read 
Aspire. That's great. Good for you. Good job. Yeah, that was a year ago, you know, and uh, I, it's so much fun. And that takes, you know, we, we talked about who do you aspire to emulate? Mm-hmm. Growing up, I loved Evil Knievel. I just loved him. I thought he was the, the master marketer. He was a risk taker. He could talk into the television, make you believe every single word he was saying. And, uh, you know, there's been when, when we unveil our, our homes to the marketplace, the, the theatrics associated with those grand unveilings belong on the front lot of broadway or somewhere in vegas but there's a method to the madness and 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 the method says there's only about fifty thousand people out of a worldwide population of eight billion that can afford what i do for a living <laughs> so the idea i am just the opening act i'm i guess i got plenty of sizzle i got i but but I, but we also got a lot of steak i got a, i got a little bit of flash but i got way more substance because when i open up the front door to that house the true show starts when you walk in the front door i move out of the way i don't come with a house this whole idea with the book, you know, cover on fire there was to metaphorically help people break through these realities that others are creating for them. Frank uh, McKinney is here. Can you stick around a few minutes longer? And, sure. Uh, and we'll Absolutely. do we'll do a couple of emails. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. And um, uh, one of my heroes in this world today is Dr. Thomas Cowan. I just think he's one of the most brilliant, uh, logical people on the planet. He's going to be here in about 50 minutes, and I'm excited to talk to him. He's just hes just a cool guy. Um, you know, detoxification is very critical, we believe. Uh, we know that uh, if, um, as Hippoc- Hippocrates said, if I can create a fever, I can cure about anything, and when we heat up the body, it just kind of melts uh, the cells, uh, this gel-like formula that we're gonna talk to Thomas Cowan about, and we believe this is why we get sick, this, uh, this um, plasma in our cells, uh, they get polluted from uh, stinking thinking and uh, toxins and chemicals and stuff. And then when you get a fever, this is what colds and flus are about, uh, in my opinion, and this is how it works. And we're going to talk to Thomas Cohen about that. And if you would like to um, a little sauna at home, we've been promoting one, gosh, I guess for about 10 years. And... Uh, it's just a it's just a wonderful unit. It's a personal unit. Costs uh, you know about a thousand or so. Uh, you can get the best price ever by emailing me, and um, twelve ninety five. And here's Gerald Pollack, who the fourth phase of water guy. When and well, listen. Here's physicist, biologist, chemist, Dr. Gerald Pollack on far infrared saunas. Infrared uh, energy is what builds this fourth phase of water. And the idea of a sauna, you know, you go in and you sweat and you, you receive this infrared energy and you feel great after you, uh, after you come out. I felt uh, the same and so have so many people. And most of us think, well, you know, it's just uh, some sort of psychological issue and it, 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 it might be. However... Experimentally, we know that infrared energy builds the fourth phase. Your cells should be or should be filled with this fourth phase, but uh, but you know where we tend to be somewhat dehydrated uh, and missing some of this this fourth phase. And so, what happens is if you subject yourself to infrared, the infrared is absorbed by your body, absorbed by your cells, and it converts ordinary water to fourth phase water and then you feel better how cool is that structuring the water in your body with the relax pretty cool patrick but i'm just going to interrupt you because uh we have the wrong price on that commercial but you can get this sauna if you'd like you saw the picture your head sticks out in ayurvedic medicine which has been around for a long time about five thousand years they suggest it's not good to get your head all heated up you want to have a hot booty and a cool head and uh um so just uh, email me if you'd like to get one, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. We uh, ship to the lower 48 for that price. For those of you in Petaluma, that doesn't include Alaska or Hawaii. We ship them all over the world. We shipped a couple to uh, um, Scotland uh, a couple weeks ago, and we ship them all over the world. Just email me. I'll give you the best price you're going to get anywhere, guaranteed. We can't put it in print because we actually cut our commission. I'd rather turn more people on to it. 
So check it out. Email me if you'd like to get one. You sound, I do it every day. Not that what I do is important, but uh, I've been pretty good. Yeah, my body's pretty cool. And uh, so whatever, uh, you know, you can sound every day and, and you're going to be better off for it. If you would like to go to a really interesting website, I've known uh, Brandon Amalani for about uh, 10 years now. And Brandon has a, has a website and I'll show you a picture. It's called Shen Blossom. And he's a Chinese medicine fellow, Qigong, and uh, really interesting. And everything that he does is so, well, just so uh, on point. And uh, you look at the ingredients of some of his products. I mean, it's amazing. There's not a hint of anything that you don't want to put in there. All herbs, all from foods, some very ancient Chinese formulas that he can't even really talk about. This is a cool one that people are really liking, and I like. Even though I'm a single guy, I still do it because I'm going to get married someday. It's called Arise, and you can do this for making babies or practicing, and it's a Chinese medicine formula. And this, you know, if you're single, you want to do a lot of cold showers, and that'll be fine. It's called Arise, and, uh, but it's for libido and for increasing your testosterone and just give you more kick in your giddy-up so when you write that book or write that screenplay or whatever you're writing, uh, you'll just... Uh, uh, have more fun doing it and have more energy. This is a uh, number one product there on Arise on Shen Blossom right now. Arise on OneRadioNetwork.com. Just click an order and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. He's got some good stuff there. Uh, where am I? I just got lost there. Don't mind me. I get lost from time to time. Anyway, it happens. Now I got lost again. Yeah. I got found. Know the Source on One Radio Network. Uh, 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 Brian, Frank McKinney is with us. Thanks for being here. Really uh, fun talking to um, What Who are some of the people that you read early on that really floated your boat that, that helped you to uh, achieve the state of consciousness that you have right now? Can you mention something? Well, I mentioned... I mentioned Roald Dahl. Roald, well, I maybe didn't mention him, but Roald Dahl wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And mm-hmm. I'm often asked by a lot of, you know, success magazines and, you know, USA Today, you know, what's the best business book you ever read? And I tell them, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay, that's, there's a reason why we went over that. The, the, the book that has created, the author, I would say, has, that has given me the most enlightenment would be Anthony DeMello. Ah. Uh, I don't know if you're are you familiar with DeMello. I think I talked to him a few years ago. Yes, his name is familiar, DeMello. Actually, De, DeMello died in 1987. Oh, did he? Okay, um, so I didn't talk to him. But his books, you, well, maybe you did. One of those dreams you had, you might have talked to him. <laughs> I might have talked to him. But uh, he, he, his books, Awakening, uh, or Awareness, I'm sorry. Well, he has Awakening and Awareness, but I'm, I'm reading Awareness now, Patrick. Um, I read it 10 years ago. I am now my seventh read-through. Mm. Seventh. One thing that I, 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 I suggest to people is um, they come to me and say, Frank, I got a goal of reading one success book a week for a year. One success book a month for a year. And then I come back and I see them a year later and nothing's changed. No change whatsoever. Maybe you've got some information. But if you were reading that book, a self-help book to help yourself do something, change, alter your DNA, what have you, no change. So when I read a book, I in, in the case of DeMello's uh, Awakening, I read it once. I'm a slow reader. Went back and read it again. Third time I started to underline. Fourth time I took the underlines and put it into my journal. Fifth time I read just the journal underlines. Sixth time I went back to the beginning as if a child had read it over again. And now I waited a month and I'm reading it a seventh time. Wow. That's how you affect change. Yes. I, I have I have no desire to be this guy who reads 100 books a year. Um, I, I might have created more space in my head, but what am I doing with it? So between Roald Dahl, uh, Anthony DeMello, it, for the sake of this program, I would, I would encourage people to read DeMello. You said awakening or awareness, uh, Frank. What, which, which was the correct title? Both. He he actually has a boat, two books. I see. Uh, okay. I would I would encourage awakening before awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting question. Uh, Andrew wants to know 
Well, how do you do this dealing with IRS property tax laws and all that? I mean, how do you stay sane? (laughs) It's a good question. (laughs) Um, First of all, I'm not sane. Uh, Who is that? What was his name? Andrew. Andrew, I'm not sane. Uh, Listen, I I don't live my life in balance. We weren't meant to be in balance. Uh, Homeostasis is a place of mad lunacy. So don't don't seek... homeostasis the, the pendulum swings for a reason and once it starts stops swinging back and forth and stops in the middle you know your life is kind of over um, but when it comes to things like the irs uh it, like my, my charity's tax return is like 150 pages long to, to have a 501c3 yeah. uh, i let experts do that stuff and i will tell you uh, i have two partners actually three the bank my wife and the irs that's it. I'm not a partner person. So most of the deals I do are done just with my own financing with the bank. But I always have the IRS there. I, I think it's a privilege and a pleasure to pay taxes. Mm. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I remember signing a, a, a newspaper article for my accountant. I was on the front page of USA Today and I took that article in there and I signed. It's a, pl- a pleasure and a privilege to pay taxes. Uh, but I, I let somebody else deal with all that. I just make sure that I pay and I pay it on time. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great uh, attitude because it's our karma to pay taxes, right? Paying to Caesar, whatever you want to say. That's right. You might as well have a good relationship with these dudes and just say, God, I love you. Put a love stamp on your envelope and, and pay it. That's what I do. You know? And, and I'm, I'm not paying a dime more than I owe, and I'm not paying a dime less, and I'm not paying a day earlier. <laughs> That's right. Um, can you recommend some ideas? Uh, this is... Uh, uh, Alicia, she wants to start her own business, but I'm kind of lost. I know everything's happening on the internet. Um, she just wants to get, mo- you know, help her out here. What she can do to find something that she can do to make a living on her own. Alicia, if if you go to theaspirebook.com and you email me, I will send you a copy of the Aspire, oh. my book Aspire for free. Oh. I'll just send it to you because that's where I would suggest you start. The, you get the mind right and the money will follow. And so this being my first mindset book, you know, I've written real estate, I've young reader fantasy, I've written philosophy, Christian romance, spirituality. This, this is, and I've made a lot of money in my life. I've never written the mindset behind the money. So let's start with getting the mind right and the money will follow. The joy will follow. The miles will follow if you're a runner like I am. So theaspirebook.com. You just remind me that I you heard me on one radio network with Patrick, and I will send you a copy of the book for free. Oh, that's great. Uh, how did you manage to find uh, the one relationship? Oh, Patrick. Yeah, I know. That, yeah. That, that, is, that is a whole section. That's the big one, right? Well, listen, I took a chance in, <laughs> in this book. So I, the first section is the difference between motivation, inspiration, and aspiration. Five chapters. Second section is we talked about fear associated with the thought of taking a risk. Five chapters on that topic. Third section, personal branding, the art of personal branding. Five sections. I'm going to skip to the fifth section, the difference between your professional and your spiritual highest calling, how to find them. Five chapters. The fourth section is titled love life and love life. So it's about your love life. Hmm. It is relationship advice. It's five chapters, some of them titled the significance of a significant other. Relationship pressure creates diamonds or crushes a union. How to marry your guardian angel. Oh, that's the title of one of my chapters because like that's that. what I got to marry. I mar- I've been married 31 years. Wow. And I felt I took a chance. I stepped out on a limb and said, you know what? After 31 years and my wife, we work together, Patrick. That's even more dangerous. <laughs> uh how 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 has that happened? How is it like without my wife, I would be living in a trailer park in West Virginia, smelling like motor oil and dating the bearded lady from the circus. Like <laughs> I would be a disaster. So I, I felt like it was important to share relationship advice that without that, I will tell you unequivocally, the reality that I've created for myself would not have been the same without my wife, Nilsa. Hmm. So for those of you who want the relationship advice, it is the fourth section. I just named off for the chapter title, three, three titles. One is also magneticism, magneticism, how to attract that person romantically into your life. And the 20th chapter, no, I'm sorry, the 24th chapter, back up, 
the 20th chapter is titled oh comma and give mind-blowing sex <laughs> why because having sex is selfish giving sex is when you take the other partner's consideration her her or his consideration put theirs first hmm. and how that's important in intimacy so if for those of you who want that stuff you can throw away all the other sections if you don't care about the business stuff and just get to the meat of it i've had a few women that went right to that 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 section about love life and wrote me back saying they absolutely couldn't put that part down that's great did you look for love in all the wrong places for a while you know I, so 31 years you can go back i'm i'm I, I dated my wife for three years so that's 34 years i'm 58 so i met my wife when i was what 24 years old wow i was a tennis pro I, I i was teaching tennis down here it was a great life on the beach with a lot of women no i mean i, I just i just love the south florida i'm, I'm a corn-fed country boy from indiana you let you live in palm beach you got a lot of beautiful people here i was pleased and happy just to be a single guy hmm. until I started my real estate career. I was just starting to flip these crack houses and I, my wife had an office in the same building. She was an interior designer, still is, but I'm doing crack houses. She's doing planes, yachts, mansions. She's a couple years older than me. And I thought this woman's out of my league. Like I got to hire her. I hired her to be the interior designer on a crack house. <laughs> First day we drive up, she says, you don't need an interior designer. You need a bulldozer. <laughs> I said, well, uh, let's go out for drinks, babe. She goes, first of all, I'm not your babe. Second, I don't date my clients. Whoa. I said, okay, you're fired. I gave her a $500 retainer, Patrick. That's all the money I had to renovate that crack house. She kept the retainer. I got a wife after That's it. So I, even though I lost 500 bucks, <laughs> it was a pretty good investment. That's a great and story. It's, well, yeah, and we, she's, such a, she's such a sweetheart, and, and uh, it's been a pretty... You know, it's not easy being married to me. You know, it's like like being married to a like a circus inside a blender on a rocket ship. It's uh, it's not easy, but I, I I'm really proud of the fact that I got over the fear of putting that section in the book because we're not meant to be alone. We a lot of people are introverts. That's great, or or loners. That's I'm a loner, but I don't want to be alone. And, and so what what could we do to attract? the significance of a significant other. How do, how do you find a guardian angel and marry her or him? They're out there. And and that part I really enjoyed writing, even though it's not my strength, mm -hmm. I, I think I think you'll find that very enlightening. Yeah, good job. Frank McKinney, Aspire is his book. Before we go, uh, you deal in the world of money. I just wrote a screenplay called The Real World of Money that I've been working on for 10 years, you know, all about the Federal Reserve and uh, and it's it's it good. Finally, finally got something worth sending out. But what is your um, big um, theory about what's going on today with the coming Fed coin, cryptocurrencies? Thirty, almost thirty-three years. I don't know. They don't give you the right numbers. This country almost thirty-five trillion dollars in debt. You know, the whole thing is. Uh, you know, it, it seems a. It seems like a big circus, you know, uh, the, the world of money today. You're in the world of money. You're borrowing money. You're, uh, what's, your, what's your theory about what's going on and what we're going to experience? As yes, and I'm not, I, I am not going to get sucked into somebody else's reality. I, I create my own reality with my own money. Right. I say to those people out there, yeah, I could sit here. You and I could talk forever about the, the federal funds policy and, and the sure. things they're doing to devalue the dollar and the gold standard, blah, blah, blah. That we're falling into the trap of buying into somebody else's reality. I say, listen, the free enterprise system is still alive and well. The capitalistic system in the United States, even though it's under attack, is alive and well. Harder for my daughter to start her company, which she just did in, in uh, New York about two months ago, Stratabrand, a, a branding company, than it would be for you and me to start a company. But it's still there. So, so I say the, 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 the reason that our charity is successful in Haiti, by the way, um, Patrick, is because we take this philanthro-capitalistic approach. The best of philanthropy, the best of capitalism, marry the two, bring them over to a country that's devastated, and I have created a self-sustaining existence for 13,000 children. So don't buy into, here in the United States, I have no issue with entitlement programs. What I do take issue with is entitlement mentality. That is toxic. And without the program, 
There is no mentality. So state, you know, welfare, if you go back to welfare, it was instituted after the, the Great Depression. Actually, it goes all the way back to, you know, B.C. times. But in recent times, you take welfare, that created a, a massive part of our population that is now ha- has a welfare mentality. They've taken the program yes. and absorbed it into the, the DNA. So, you know, I, I still believe creating this, the reality that I create, I, I, listen, in the Bible, second only to love, is money referenced really there's no other topic referenced more than money but love in the bible hmm. so how to be a responsible steward for the blessings you've been given how, how to go out and, and, and you know get that mind right so the money will follow and not blaming the government not blaming the programs there's plenty of opportunity there for you and me and patrick to make as much money as we want the question is what are you going to do with it once you've got enough to take care of your basic needs. Yes. And that's where I say you pick this book up, you get to the, se- the fifth section that's titled uh, To Whom Much is Entrusted, Much is Required. I want to move you, and I'm sure you want to move yourself from rich, everybody wants to be rich, to enriched. That's true enlightenment, moving yourself from being rich to enriched. And what I hear you saying too is that when you really live the idea that we do create our own reality, which we do, then you focus on your life, your money, your bank account, your you know you all your everything. You, you keep all your ducks in a rows, in a row, and it doesn't matter all this stuff out there. It doesn't matter cryptos, it's central noise. bank, right? It doesn't matter anything. It's noise. It's just Don't noise. Let it bu- yeah. No, no, it's noise. E- even if I'm in Congress or a senator, am I really making something happen? They're not. They're not. They're right there, and they're not doing anything. <laughs> So why should we be worried a million miles away for that? You know, y- yes, I, actually what I find, if I could just dumb it down, forget your passion. I think passion, I have passion for chocolate. It's not good for me. Once you find your purpose, that otherworldly burning desire, that's aspiration to do something high and great for yourself and for humanity, you know what happens, Patrick? The mm. bank account takes care of itself. Yeah. Money takes care of itself. It could be monopoly money for all I care. It doesn't matter. I, I am so in touch with that purpose, my spiritual and my, my professional purpose, that I'm able to make a, a good living. I live on the beach. I've lived in the same house for 25 years. I, you know what I drive for a living? It, do, 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 did you see in the the show notes what I drive? No. All right. So how much time we got left? Oh, Whatever you want. Then we're good. All right, so the first person to email you to, to tell you what kind of car I drive, I'll send you a copy of my book, Aspire. You got one minute. Oh. So Google it quick. What kind, uh, of, what car, kind of car What kind of car, car does Frank, Frank McKinney, McKinney drive? drive? Yeah. Can I guess? Uh, you you can guess while we're waiting for them okay. to Google it and How answer about it. A 96 Chevy truck. Just kidding. No, don't don't say you're just kidding. <laughs> you're that, that's a little too you're close. That's a little too nice. <laughs> So anybody listening to your program that's about under 40 isn't even going to know this car. Oh. you got to be 40 and up, probably. Anybody coming in on not, your, on not your email not list? Yet. Uh, oh, here's one. Uh, Mercedes-Benz. No, he's not driving Mercedes-Benz. Are you? No? No, I, uh-uh. I'm not driving. I've driven in every exotic you can imagine. And for the last, tw- oh, my goodness, when did my second book came out? For the last 15 years, I've driven this brand of car. That's the only one we got so far. Okay. Oh boy, you guys could Google it, and find it. All right, one more guess. What, let, let me give let me give you one more hint, Patrick. Okay, wait a minute. We got another one. Uh, a Yugo. You got it. Yugo. You got who got that? Uh, who got no, that right? no name, but they got a Yugo. So can they send you and? Yes. What's your email? Whoever said I answered the Yugo question right. Email me or go to theaspiredbook.com and, and and send me your name. I will send you a book. I drive a 1988. I have two Yugos, Patrick. <laughs> 1988 hardtop, and I got a 1991 convertible. Isn't that funny? So if they go to Aspire? Theaspirebook.com. Theaspirebook.com and, and then do the contact and tell them. Contact that information. You guessed it, the Yugo on, on Patrick's show. Yep, Patrick's show, and you get a free book. You'll send them the book. Yeah, I'm, I'll send him a book. I have a 96 Chevy truck. That's why I guessed that, and I wouldn't give that away. I wouldn't sell that. I'm just no. Not, I'm not selling it. 
you want to hear funny about about like your truck and my car so th- if you go to the aspirebook.com by the way you can see a picture of my yugo on there it's it's actually on the page um my hairdresser has a pair of scissors that cost her more than my yugo cost me <laughs> that is a true story that's hilarious <laughs> You can't even make that up, can you? You just, you just can't make well, that up. Well, when I sit in her, che- I'm sitting in her chair one day, and she says, "Look at my new scissors." I'm like, "They just look like scissors to me." She goes, "They cost me two thousand dollars." I said, "Dawn, do you realize that's how much my Yugo cost when I bought it in 2006?" By the way, Yugo's been out of business since 1991. Uh, it's zero to sixty in never. It just you know you're never going to get to sixty miles an hour. <laughs> but I love that thing, and it's just. You know, we go out to a restaurant. I park it up with all the Ferraris and Lamborghinis and stuff. I pay the twenty bucks to put it up front, and more pip- people are snapping pictures of my car than they are the fancy cars. That's great. Zero to sixty and never, never, <laughs> never. Well, you're just, uh, you know, you're just a handful to talk to. I really had a good time, and uh, I'm going to get your book because I'm excited about it. And uh, it's it's called uh, Aspire, Frank McKinney. So all the best to you, sir, and your wife and your daughter. And, uh, Thank you, Patrick. And it's been an honor having you on the show. And uh, if I ever get down that way, Thanks we'll come so visit. Uh, may the blessings come visit the treehouse. May the blessings be. Thank you, sir. Take take okay, care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Have a great day, Frank everybody. McKinney. Bye. Okay. Um, we're kind of doing a new system here. I gotta figure out a way how to how to how to end this thing. Which you're I great. You're a great host. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna let me just wrap this up, and then we'll wrap it up with Frank. Okay, I love you all very much. Thank you. It's been an honor. I will see you with um, Dr. Tom Luongo, not Dr. Tom Cowan, in, in about 30 minutes. Right here, right here. Don't go away. Don't go away. Tom Luongo on OneRadioNetwork.com. May the blessings be. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.